This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, April 15th, happy tax day. Hope you got them done. Wherever, I haven't done mine yet. Oh, boy. It's not, you, You're it's, right. you don't have to have You're right. Today. Yeah, it's, there's an exception for everything, right? That was how I played BYU academically. Uh, why do it now when I could do it later? Procrastination at its <laughs> finest, wow. my friend, and I support that. Yeah, it's fine. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who doesn't have his taxes done, but a guy whose takes are never laughable, Jerem Jordan. Desmond Howard feels the uh, Chris Sims take on Zach Wilson being better than uh, Trevor Lawrence laughable. Um, And Desmond Howard likes Zach. He just likes Trevor more. Most people do, don't they? Even with all of the rhetoric shifting in favor of Zach over the past month, I I still feel like Trevor Lawrence is the favorite number one pick. Yeah, yeah, he should be. But is Zach Wilson panning out as the best court like is is this the take on what we were discussing yesterday of okay who's going to be the better quarterback yeah, a few projection. years down the line or is it about who is the better pick for number one right now yeah no it's a projection there's no there's no uh argument against trevor lawrence being one of the greatest college quarterbacks ever zach had one great year yeah it what, was awesome yeah. what what is sure. the argument against trevor lawrence because every quarterback has two uh, conditioned <laughs> concerns or critiques, right? I'd, I'd be interested to hear from the pro scouts. What, what is the negative critique on Trevor Lawrence? Because I don't ever hear anything about it. I just hear, oh, he's going number one to the Jaguars. He's awesome. Oh, he's great. Yeah. There's not a lot. That, that, there, said, that says all. something, yeah. right? That says something. Yeah. So I, maybe you can see why Desmond Howard he's feels the way that he does. Like, <laughs> he's 6'6". He's, six, six. he's six, uh, six. It's a little bit too tall for yeah. us. Yeah, no. Here's your show lineup. Zach Wilson at six feet, two inches goes one-on-one with Jerem Jordan. Does he expect at this point to be drafted by the New York Jets? Is that in his mind? Tournament game day for BYU women's volleyball. Softball wins again. Plus, how well would BYU football compete in the Pac-12 right now? All topics of discussion. Bring on today's BYUSN headlines. It's women's volleyball ball night. 16-1 Cougars, the 16th seed in the NCAA tournament in Omaha, play UCLA, who swept Ryder in the first round last night. Two of those sets were sub-10, 8 and 9 for Ryder. Good night. Bruins ranked 15th in the ABC A poll this week. BYU 14th, so pretty even matchup. 10-30 Eastern on ESPN3. Ryder played 12 matches all year. They were 7-4 and four going into the tournament. Was it Isaiah Ryder? Was it one person? It was UCLA versus J.R. Ryder? It like, felt that like that at some point. But keep in mind, they were probably the last team in the field, an automatic qualifier in a 48-team tournament. So they're like a 16 seed they're that bad. gets a 12-seed spot, having to play a really good UCLA team. The Ryder fighting what? Anybody? Broncos. Yep, the Ryder Broncos. Bronx? Is that mis- <laughs> No, it's Bronx. It's Bronx. There you oh, go. Okay. Like well, CS. Yeah. Well, there you go. The NCAA, one time, no penalty transfer rule has reportedly passed, Jerem. Okay. Not yet official. And if you're new to this rule, it would allow football and basketball players to transfer one time before graduating without being required to sit out a year of competition. The NCAA Division I Council voted Wednesday, again a report, to change the rule. 
We don't expect that to go official until after the meeting today. Nicole Auerbach of The Atlantic said July 1st, or sorry, of The Athletic, rather, said July 1st is the notification deadline for immediate eligibility for the 2021-2022 academic year. So just make sure you declare it before July 1st. Yeah, I didn't say it. I I do declare. Brady Christensen is a member of the 2021 National Football Foundation Hampshire Honor Society member. Yeah, he's really smart. Player must maintain a 3.2 GPA or better through his career. BYU ranks first among FBS programs, earning this recognition since the program started in 07. BYU is the Alabama of this. Yes. BYU softball wins an 11th straight game. They hit four combined home runs again. Mm-hmm. Done so on back-to-back nights. Beating Utah Valley last night, 8-2. Riley Jensen, 3-4 for home run, double. Run batted in. She was a triple shy of the cycle. Hunter Ava went deep. BYU receiving votes in the latest coaches poll. Eight spots out. They play Southern Utah at home tonight. Seven Eastern, five Mountain, live on the BYU TV app. Tonight you need to say 33rd ranked BYU. Carson Lundell is the runner-up in the Western Intercollegiate after a four-hole playoff. BYU finished fifth as a team. Pepperdine won the tourney. Next up, the Cougars host the Ping Cougar Classic next weekend. BYU baseball on the road in Omaha, just like BYU women's volleyball taking on the Nebraska at Omaha Mavericks. Game one of a three-game set, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain. You can listen on BYU Radio 107.9 locally here in uh, Utah. And Jason Shepard on the call and on the BYU Cougars app. Of course, the Cougars coming off a big win against Utah earlier this week. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. How do you measure success? Yesterday, we talked about BYU football in the 2021 NFL draft from a numbers perspective. How many guys have to get drafted for it to feel like a success? But are we missing the storyline, Jerem, of... It being about Zach Wilson and where he goes. So will you weigh success of this 2021 NFL draft more on where Zach goes compared to the overall number of players who get drafted out of BYU? In 20 years, will you care how many Cougs were drafted? In the, No, it'll just be that Zach Wilson went second. This will be defined by Zach Wilson going second. Now, as a program, yes, you want all those other things, but do you think a recruit is sitting there going, oh, wow, there were three for... They're just going to go, dude, BYU had the second pick in the draft. It's a big moment for non-Power 5 teams, too. It's not just BYU. Let's not put the blinders on, which we do quite often on this program and here. Um, It's a big deal. So, no, it's going to be about Zach Wilson being drafted because he's going to be the highest Cougar ever picked. If he's in the top four, that's the case. Jim McMahon uh, and Ziggy Ansah uh, were number five. So I'm excited. It's It's a big moment in BYU football history. I dare say one of the biggest ever. I would probably put it top 10, just spitballing, in important moments in BYU football history. Zach Wilson going number two is going to be incredible. How does that relate to Ty Detmer winning the Heisman Trophy? Ty is the second biggest moment in BYU history. The other is winning the national championship. So Zach Wilson going number two overall, somewhere not far behind a national championship and a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, it's a big deal. Good gravy. I mean, that, when you think about it in that perspective, it, it's it bigger adds... than winning like uh, an, um, any national award that's not the Heisman to me. Going, going number going two, high. yeah, because it's like you know who won a bunch of Davey O'Brien, like uh, a bunch of those BYU quarterbacks. Awesome. Going number two is something that none of the other BYU quarterbacks can say they did. 
which is pretty crazy. You think about Zach Wilson's place in BYU history, he can look around, and we don't know what Steve Young would have gone. Like, I'm guessing top 10 in the draft. He went number one USFL. Maybe Steve goes top five, right? But Zach can look around in that quarterback conversation and say, oh, inter- like, I did something that nobody else at BYU ever did, which is go top four in the NFL draft. He's going to go number two. This is the first BYU quarterback that will be drafted since Zach Wilson's mentor, John Beck, went in the 2007 draft in the second round. It's been 14 years since BYU had a quarterback drafted. Like as good as Taysom Hill was. Wasn't drafted. And he's going to be the number two overall pick in the draft, we think. We're about 99% sure that it's going to happen and he's going to go to the Jets. But to your point, even if he slid slid to number four, he'd still be the highest draft pick in BYU history. So, yes, it's the clear headliner. It's kind of like a big concert, like Coachella. Oh, Coachella. All of these amazing artists are there, but there's always, like, a few headliners. And you remember, like, oh, I remember when I saw whatever, Green Day at Coachella, and you saw a bunch of bands play, and it was really cool. But when you think about that trip to Coachella or to Woodstock, you think about the biggest band that you saw. Like, Green Day is oh, pretty big. Did you put right? them in a, yeah, a big saying. category or no? That's what I'm saying. Like you saw, I, I have tickets to see Green Day You this saw summer. Green Day. Like yeah. You saw Green Day and a bunch of other good bands, but you remember Green Day. Like yeah. Zach Wilson is the headliner band in this conversation. If... Kyrus Tonga and Brady Christensen and Dax Mill and Chris, cool. amazing, right? Yeah. They're just adding them to the card. Like it, it, the concert's going to be amazing, but you remember the headliner, yeah. and Zach Wilson is the headliner because he's going to make history for BYU football. Think about that. The fact that we just had the conversation of, okay, national championship, Heisman Trophy, and then is it Zach Wilson probably going number two overall? Maybe I'd have to think about that longer. That is wild. But it's probably top we're, 10 BYU football moments. Right. We're talking right? within the paradigm of just BYU football. Like, we're not talking about all BYU sports moments. Yeah. yeah. Accomplishments within the BYU football program. Like winning the Cotton Bowl and finishing number five was cool. But a number two overall quarterback from quarterback U, yeah, you say top 10. It might be top five moments. So just the fact that we're having that conversation tells you that the success of this draft is yeah, like, largely going to be focused on Zach Wilson. Like day three picks. Awesome. But it's it, no, it pales in comparison. Okay, topic two. Former UCLA head coach, ESPN analyst Jim Mora discusses Cougars with BYU Sports Illustrated writer Casey Lundquist about BYU's place in college football. Mora said, teams like BYU and Boise State, they could compete in the Pac-12. If BYU were to play in the Pac-12, would they compete? Yes, they would compete. How do we define compete? They would compete for That'd be like finishing or in the top half of the conference or be a contender to win their division every year. Yes, BYU would compete. And I'm reading a little bit more into Jim Mora's comments than most, but I think what he means by compete is they would be in the running to beat any team in the conference and potentially win their division. Yeah. Do we think that BYU would do better than Utah has done? I think BYU could build to you, what Utah Utah's has done. Only won one outright division title in, in a decade. Yeah, why why would BYU not be in the same position as Utah seven years into Pac twelve play with Honor recruiting code. and all that stuff? You don't think that BYU could I, compete I think with 
Because to me, now no, no, like no, the, not compete. Under, no, no, no. We we advanced it to win okay. a division title. Okay, win a division, not outright. win the conference. Just yeah. get to the Pac-12 championship it, game. BYU would get players that aren't uh, that are members of the church and aren't that want to play in the Pac-12. Like I don't think BYU, if BYU was in the Pac-12, I don't think BYU loses Britton Covey. And guys like that, right? Sure, sure. Like, I think it comes to BYU. And man, that right? helps. Right? Um, that would help. Let's quantify this. Um, okay, in 2019, only three teams were above 500 in conference in the Pac-12. In 2018, it was six. So about, you know, half are 500. Uh, BYU would, to me, BYU would probably be like a 7-6, seven 6-7 and six, six and seven team in the Pac-12 every year. What about last season? Because I, we no, have, I, I want to talk generally. Okay, because we literally last had the conversation last season that BYU would have won a division in the Pac-12. Could have with their talent. Could have. Um, we'll never know. And it's an outlier. And BYU, yeah, BYU had a ton of reps with less weight on the bar. So it's hard to know. Like, okay, if you increase that, would they still be able to hang with with them? It's hard to know. But we have a decade of information of BYU playing a bunch of Pac-12. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, Power Fives and Klinstake in now uh, four years of playing. Power, uh, Pac-12 specifically. So let's break it down. So we know the 40% number. Historically, BYU is 40% against win percentage against Power 5s. So you're going to play nine conference games. You're probably going to play another Power 5 game in a non-con. Is that a safe assumption? Well, it depends. Ten games. Now, now some of the Pac-12 teams are not playing a Power but 5 would opponent BYU? in the first three. I think BYU would, probably. Okay. Play one Power 5 non-conference game. So there's 10. So that's four and six historically. The BYU is going to go four and six. Then you play a G5 and an FCS team, so you hope you win the, both those games. You're 6-6. Six and six. Then if you win the bowl game, that's the 7-6, six, 6-7 and logic I'm coming up. Klanis Take uh, versus the Pac-12. Let's talk about it. In four years, 3-8, 27%. I would hope Kalani would get to at least a 40% clip, right? Right now it's 27%. But look at the quality of opponents BYU typically plays out of the Pac-12. Like those teams, Utah, namely, is the team that's – Either winning the South Division or finishing second, yeah. And those that but, team is the majority of the the losses that Kalani Sitake has. Um, yeah, there's losses to UCLA, Cal, Washington, right? A couple times. Um, the Cougar stats talked about it. That BYU's uh, you know record, the Power Fives that they played actually have been lower uh, than the average in terms of win percentage than the average. Power Overall, five I'm just talking Pac-12 here, though. Yeah, I listen. Would BYU win a division title at some point, like in a 10-year span? Sure. I, w- I would hope so, sure. I think, once. But BYU's probably hoping to be like an eight-win program in a Power 5 league. I think it'd probably be seven to start, and then BYU could build from there. Because the thing that we do here that I think we shouldn't is, well, hey, BYU just needs to be better. It's like, well, yeah, but you kind of are what you are for the most part. You, can, you need to strive to be better. But, like, that 40% clip ain't changing much. That's just what it is, right? Lavelle didn't do way better. Bronco didn't do way better. Kalani's actually a little under that right now. Acknowledge it. Don't dismiss it and ignore it because it's inconvenient, right? Um, B- BYU uh, would compete. Yeah, BYU would play well. I think BYU would be 5-4, and 4-5 four, four and five in the league, and you go from there. Right now, BYU has shown in the past four years under Kalani Satake, that they are, and the last two specifically, that they're capable of beating just about anybody and then in some instances losing to just about anybody. And that's BYU why I kind of say USC six and seven, seven and six. And yeah. beats Tennessee in 2019. 
They get blown up by Washington and probably the best Utah team in the history of the program at home to open the 2019 season. But they've shown that they're kind of Jekyll and Hyde in that regard. So, yeah, the the 500 mark in conference, Pac-12 plate, feels like it probably fits. Probably where BYU but fit. give BYU the chance to recruit as a member of a Power 5 conference so that they do get some more of those high-level members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that Those type of players. Leaving to play Maybe Penny Sewell doesn't leave the state of Utah. And, and again, Covey comes to BYU. It's kids that need to fit and want to be at BYU. It's a it's a unique, different, amazing, weird place. Like we feel like, at least me right now, I look at the talent that BYU has in year five under Kalani Satake, and I think. Okay, that's a team that could win five conference, maybe six conference games in the Pac-12. Yeah, like six and three would have been a reasonable. Like they could do that. Yeah, they could do it. Give them Morgan State, give them Washington State. BYU has Washington State this year. And then you're like fourth or fifth in the league, and you're probably second or third in your division. They basically play a Pac-12 schedule this year. They have five Pac-12 opponents. But what you just said is probably BYU's best team in the last. 10 years. I'm talking about just this upcoming. We said roster, depth. You're upcoming all, years? Yeah. So you're six, baby. The talent yeah. right now at BYU. They feel like they finally have depth, okay, and, and on offense where they can outscore some opponents. BYU could have a win. BYU could have a winning record. Yes, it lines up nicely. A winning record in the Pac 12 this year, this yeah. upcoming year. And we'll see. They got a chance. Jeremy, yeah, can they go three and two against their five Pac 12 opponents this season? They, they can prove this. Yeah, and that, and that's the goal. It's not, you know, it wouldn't be to win the division. It'd yeah. be to, hey, let's let's win eight games and try and get a couple good wins. Better believe that's BYU why, beats every Pac-12 South opponent. We're you, hanging a banner. If you think it's hard now playing n- nine Power Fives a year, maybe ten if you play one non-con, you're talking about, okay, let's make a bowl game. <laughs> Our question of the day, if BYU football were to – play in the Pac-12 conference, would they compete? Again, this based off of Jim Mora's comments. Let's hear from you, BYU Sports Nation, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jay Puppy 23 absolutely. BYU's probably middle of the pack, maybe 40th percentile now. With the recruiting benefits provided by being in a Power 5 conference and with the world's most avid fan base, BYU would be in the top four to five of the conference every year. Uh, I don't agree with top four or five. I would go five to eight is probably the range. BYU be like in the top in the half. Middle. Could they be in the top six every year? I'm putting them in the second quadrant, if you will. Five through eight. Five through eight every year. With an occasional outlier of floating into the top four, maybe they win I, a division championship I in would the first say, seven or eight years. Based on the last decade, that might have been this last year only. Okay. Like the once, tw- once every 10 years. Like 2013, BYU played seven power fives, went eight and five. Like that's what you'd be looking at. Like if BYU had a really good team, it'd be like eight or nine wins. But are we in agreement that the Pac 12 consistently is the weakest of the power five conferences, at least over the last decade? It feels that way. The numbers tend to shake sure. out that way. Yes, but I just gave you info about BYU against the Pac-12, and BYU's 3-8 and eight the last five years. Yeah, take Utah out of that. You don't take Utah. But Utah, what I'm saying is Utah, year. that's high-level competition every year. Like, there are no Oregon States and Washington States in there. Would BYU play Utah every year? Yes, so that's part of it. Okay, but they would play the other lesser teams, too. And the upper teams. 
It'd be all. So it wouldn't be three and eight. Is what I'm saying. Wouldn't be three and eight. Like Washington twice, Utah six times. Yeah. Like that's the reason BYU has a losing record. But Arizona's in there several times. There was a Cal wins wins. Yeah, Cal's best team in the last decade beat BYU in Provo. Okay. Yeah. It just it it would even out. Like it would even out. I don't think it would be three and eight. Yeah, I don't. I would hope it wouldn't be three and eight. That's what it is, though. The last eleven. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, it's all about the eye emojis for BYU coaches. And the latest from Zach Wilson. Jerem goes one on one with the NFL quarterback to be. Is he preparing to go to New York? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Riley Jensen, BYU softball, looks to have another four homer game today. They've done that twice this week. They play Southern Utah. Third game in three days tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Who just beat the Thunderbirds on March 27th, 8 to nothing. You want to hear a wild stat about Riley Jensen? She has 46 hits on the season. She's batting over 400. 22 of her 46 hits have gone for two or more bases. Nice. That is unbelievable. That's crazy. 12 home runs, 10 doubles. She has more home runs than she had doubles. It's a wild stat for a leadoff batter. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It is time for our weekly conversation with Zach Wilson. Okay, two weeks from today, Zach Wilson is going to become the highest-drafted Cougar in football history. Each week we chat with the soon-to-be-50 millionaire. (laughs) That's the real number he's going to get, by the way. Uh, Is he ready to become a New York Jet? Here's this week's Path to the Draft on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Zach, we've talked to you in Southern California. We've talked to you in Utah, and now we're uh, somewhere else. Where are you today? Yeah, hanging out in Idaho. You know, a lot of moving around. <laughs> somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. We're like in uh, Ashton, Idaho, staying at a cabin and uh, with some of the other BYU guys that are kind of going through this pre-draft process while just, you know, trying to take a little bit of a break and hang out. That's awesome. Who's with you? I'm with uh, Matt Bushman and his wife, Isaiah Kafusi. His wife is here, and, and then um, – uh, Troy Warner is also here and his wife. So we got a good good little group of guys all hanging out. That's awesome, man. How, how important is this time for you? Because obviously once you uh, are drafted, it's it's all in, right? Um, the, kind of the, yeah. me- the mental break of that. Yeah, I mean, this time is huge. Like I got to make sure, you know, I'm still you know, going over, uh, you know, installs and stuff like that. So so kind of what I'm doing is is going through film. I'm just making sure like I'm watching every team this past year, kind of like I did with BYU, just making sure. Um, I'm getting used to defenses and um, defensive IDs and all that kind of stuff before the draft comes. Because once it comes, you know, I'm going to have to pick up whatever offense they they hand me um, right after the draft. And I'm going to have to try and learn it as fast as I can. So any advantage I can get right now of just, you know, getting used to watching NFL film is going to be, you know, an advantage for me. You know, I'm still doing coaches meetings with a bunch of different teams and, um, you know, trying to figure out that whole thing. And then, and then physically I got to stay up with uh, lifting and running and all that kind of thing. So no break then. Yeah, no break. But out here, <laughs> at least it's peaceful. Yeah, different location. Yeah, that helps. Absolutely. Yeah. Talking with Zach Wilson on BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to a couple of comments people have made. I want to get your reaction uh, to different stuff. So Colin Cowherd said he doesn't want uh, you to be good in chaos He want, because he feels like the Jets are already chaotic. He wants you to be in lockstep with the system and uh, the head coach. So what um, you've evolved in this way, uh, and you've talked about you know a couple years ago, in certain situations, maybe held on to the ball too long or whatever. How do you feel like you've grown and how you've, uh, you know, performed in chaotic situations, whether it be in the pocket or the game itself? 
Yeah. Well, I just feel like I can use it when I need to. I mean, my, my first choice is obviously be able to work in the pocket, be able to just, you know, small movements, slide, go through my progressions. Like I'm supposed to make the decisions I'm supposed to, um, you know, but when things do break down and when things are chaotic, you know, I'm able to still function within the offense and still make plays within the offense. So, you know, that's something I'm always working on and, and trying to keep improving on. So, uh, no matter what offense you're in, you know, that's, that's a, that's, that's valuable to have. How did you progress as a quarterback in terms of, and you've talked about this a lot um, with us here is pre-snap, right? You're evaluating what's going on, but then things change once the ball is snapped sometimes, right? Um, how, how did you evolve as a quarterback in terms of trying to limit the chaos as much as possible? And then when it gets chaotic, making the right read. Yeah. Just understanding sometimes in like tough situations when, you know, this isn't a time to put your team behind. This isn't a time to, you know, do something that, that could hurt your team, you know, understanding when to take risk and when not to take risk. Um, you know, understanding the situations definitely helped me more. You know, there was times it was, you know, third and extra long and, you know, freshman or sophomore Zach would have probably, you know, tried to throw the ball 30 yards down the field to try and force it into a tight window to try and get that first down, you know, but sometimes it's okay just to throw a check down and, and just live to play the next down, you know, maybe give your, give your defense the the benefit of, you know, us getting 15 of those yards by throwing a check down and, and now we're punting on the plus side because now the field position is our, in our favor. Uh, you know, little things like that, that kind of just go all the way back to uh, the situations of the game and, uh, you know, just living to play the next down. You only had three picks last year. Do you remember each one of them or is that something you put out, out of your mind? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, and that's just because, you know, obviously you're, you're going to remember all the bad plays and you're going to try and you know keep improving and getting better on those. So, uh, it's definitely what things I wish I didn't have, but I know it's part of the game. And I just got to, you know, find out what I could have done better. Hey, only three though, man. That was, yeah. that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah well, not too bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark Sanchez, uh, former Jets quarterback. Hey, uh, compared you to Brett Favre. We'd had a lot of kind of current guy comparisons, right? Some people say you're little Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, but Brett Favre was an interesting one. What did you think of that? Well, I think, uh, you know, Brett Favre is just one of those guys that extends plays outside the pocket. So I think that's kind of where he's probably coming from. And, uh, you know, that's, that's awesome to be compared to Brett Favre, one of the best around, you know, all of those guys are the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, so it's awesome. You know, I think you could probably, uh, pick a part of any quarterback game that you could see a little bit of any, you know, anybody in, um, you know, you could talk about, you know, parts with, you know, Tom Brady or, you know, parts with Drew Brees. I mean, there's, there's so many comparisons you can make to anything. I mean, quarterbacks are so similar in, in things that they do. So, uh, you know, everyone's always trying to have their comparisons of, of the ways guys guys play the game. And, you know, it's very generous, but, you know, everyone everyone's a little bit different in their own way. Stephen A. Smith on First Take uh, talked about you as well, but he called you Luke Wilson. That's happened with Colin Cowherd, too. What, what's, uh, how often does that happen where someone, uh, you know, misplaces your first name like that? I don't know. I guess every once in a while, <laughs> I don't keep, I don't keep up with them enough. So are you the third guess, Wilson brother? Hopefully they'll learn my name one day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hope, right? Uh, Luke Owen and Zach yeah. Wilson, the, the trio of brothers, I guess. Yep. Uh, exactly. Have you finalized where will you will be on draft day? Not decided yet. You know, I'm still going over with my family. I'm sure there'll be some media out there once I decide if I'm going or not. Uh, we're still just kind of thinking, uh, through the pros and cons, if I should go, if I should stay, you know, what the benefits of both are. Is the league hoping you'll be there in person if you want? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think the NFL would like us there. Um, you know, it's a special night. I know they they uh, take pride in having people there and experiencing the whole thing. And, 
you know, normal years. I mean, that's a dream come true to be there, but you know, COVID situation and everything going on, you know, that's the only reason I'm hesitant to, to figure out what to do. Are you expecting to be drafted by the New York Jets at this point, given the Sam Darnold uh, trade and given the rhetoric publicly? Well, I don't know. You know, that's what the media says, right? And that's what that's what you hear around you. You know, but in my own, you know, personal experience of just understanding, you know, the small circle I'm around, talking to my agent, talking to guys around me, uh, you know, you never know what can happen. You know, that's not the impressions that I get from them. Uh, you know, I'm still talking to every team the same. I haven't talked to them more than anybody else. So it's not that. Um, you know, it's kind of seem, seeming favored in their, in their side. It's, it's almost, you know, anything could happen. You know, you could all of a sudden see a trade, you know, the day before, or, you know, maybe I could go there, or maybe somebody else moves up. I mean, you have no idea, you know, what could happen. So really I'm not trying to set my mind on anything until, until that day comes and we actually figure out what's going to happen. Jets at two, Niners at three, Falcons at four. Those seem like uh, teams that are all going to draft quarterbacks. So do you feel like uh, the likelihood is that you're going to go to, if it's not the Jets, one of those other two teams potentially? Yeah, it seems like it. You know, I think nowadays with the value of of being able to get a quarterback this cheap um, and having like the slotted uh, draft money up early in the draft, you know, people are willing to trade up that high to get these quarterbacks now. You know, back in the day when you had to pay you know, so much, I think Sam Bradford was about 60 million to get a quarterback, you know, early in the first round, uh, guys weren't drafting quarterbacks this early unless they knew that they were starters. There wasn't that development time, um, coming, but nowadays, you know, when you can get them for half the price, you know, guys are willing to trade up and try and get their future quarterbacks. So, you know, it kind of seems like this could be a first year that, that it, it could go, you know, three, four quarterbacks in a row. So it could be crazy, uh, to see how it, how it unravels, but I'm excited to see, you know, where everyone lands. If you go to Cleveland, are you going to have to think hard about like what suit you're wearing? Because if you're at home, you can be chilling, right? Yeah, for sure. If I'm at home, I'll be chilling in some clothes. And <laughs> if I go, you know, I'm already figuring out suit options and stuff just in case because I need a suit anyways. Uh, so I'll get a suit, you know, no matter what. And uh, if it's for the draft or not, you know, I'll make sure I get one. Like like a custom one with something on the inside and you messaging yeah. or whatever. Yeah, we'll get a nice, like, I think it's like a Hugo Boss suit, custom suit that we'll get, uh, make sure we're all uh, styled up. Uh, what are the chances you wear the, uh, the bandana to the draft? Yeah, that's low chances. Low chance. <laughs> that's what I thought, but uh, yeah, all, all good. Um, BYU TV Sports, we've been putting out uh, highlights of you on Thursdays as we get ready for the draft. Um, and one of them we put out was some of your long runs. It's not something a lot of people are talking about, but do you feel like that's an asset that you will be able to use in the NFL? Because I felt like that was an underrated part of your game that people don't talk about a lot. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I feel like the ability to run uh, for a quarterback nowadays is, is so valuable. I think the ability to escape, the defense is all dropping. You know, they're, they're, they're turning their heads, running, running with the receivers down the field, those backers are, and, and you got to make some guys pay. You know, you got to be able to break the line of scrimmage and go pick up. Uh, 10 to 15 a pop. And then all of a sudden, you know, a defense has to respect that. You don't have to be the best runner in, in the world, but you have to have, you know, some athleticism just to be able to get out of the pocket. So I think it's very, it's very needed. You know, I, I didn't care how many rushing yards I had a game, you know, but if I had, you know, a couple sacks that took away some of those rushing yards, but I was able to steal a couple, you know, 10 to 15 yard runs. Uh, then I think that's very valuable uh, for a team. We're about two weeks out, man. You, you've waited your whole life for an opportunity like this. And, this is one of the biggest days of your life coming up, if not the biggest up to this point. What, what's it like right now? We're two weeks away, man. It's almost here. Real, you know, I keep thinking back to uh, 
you know, just this April of after pro day, just kind of trying to take a break and just, you know, understanding how long this season's going to be. Uh, and then a part of me is like, geez, like May 7th is probably going to be OTAs and, and rookie mini camps and all that kind of thing. You know, and I bet they, you know, do that, you know, it's not official, but I, I, I need to be ready for that if they do. So it's crazy because, you know, I need to make sure I'm, I'm training hard and, and getting ready for, you know, practice and have, having to play this next year. Uh, you know, cause right now it kind of seems like, Oh, everything's just kind of hanging out and we're just showing a home waiting to see what's going to happen. But the second, the draft is, is over, you know, we're going to be out with our teams and, and probably just trying to get, get learning the offense and getting used to the players and the locker room and everybody else and the coaches. So it's going to be exciting how quick this is all going to happen, but you know, I've waited for this my whole life. So it's going to be a dream come true on the 29th. I'm excited for it. How old were you when you realized that maybe the NFL would be an option for you? Yeah. You know, I've always had a dream of that. Of course, you know, when I first realized it was probably an option, uh, was my freshman year, you know, just getting playing time and understanding the abilities I had, you know, I was a very confident kid. I understand, you know, the things I could and couldn't do. I knew there was a development process. I knew I'd have to keep getting better over the years. I knew there was things just with time and, and playing time that I, I, you know, keep improving on, you know, kind of like I showed this past year for my sophomore year is, uh, there's a development stage. People are just going to keep getting better, but I was kind of new in the back of my head, you know, even through all the ups and downs that my freshman year, you know, kind of just showed promise of, uh, being able to play, you know, I didn't know if it was going to be a top five pick or I didn't know if it was going to be undrafted free agent, but I always thought I was going to get a chance. Well, that chance is coming up in about two weeks. Zach, uh, we're very excited for you. And we, uh, have had fun talking to you uh, throughout this process and will over the next couple of weeks. So enjoy your time in uh, nowhere, Idaho, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yep, I appreciate you guys. It was exciting. Thank you. That was my conversation with Zach Wilson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. So he's thinking, okay, there still could be a trade or whatever, but I wonder if deep down he's like, yeah, the Jets, let's go, baby. He's wise to say things how he says them he's very well versed in the public eye and in media so he's saying all the right things which i love but you have to to say some wrong things but you have to think like (laughs) i don't know maybe it's it's safer to do that because there are just wild things well make no assumptions yeah yeah and he's he's uh you know being courted like you don't want to ruin anything there sure it's just crazy maybe somebody else drafts a quarterback that the Jets like, maybe the Jets didn't like him as much as Zach Wilson, but that team comes up later and says, we will trade you the quarterback we just picked at number eight or number four and give you a bevy of other draft picks yeah, if you give us Zach Wilson. It does feel like the Jets are in love, though. Right. You know? so when you're in love, you, you never crazy know. So things. He's, he's, now that I'm talking myself <laughs> through this, he's smart to approach it that way. It's like, until yeah. it's done... It's not done. Yeah. No, it's – and even when it's done, is it really yeah, done? Yeah, everything. the draft can, is over. Literally everything can be undone. Trades are off the everything. table. Like, draft night's going to be fantastic. Yes. Okay, coming up, what Utah Riders asking the Jets not to draft Zach Wilson? <laughs> and would a BYU women's volleyball win tonight in Omaha mean more than just a tournament win? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYUSN right now with Kiki Solano, the only thing that feels better than two dubs in one day is when one of those wins over Utah. Check out this baseball softball doubleheader episode on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Thursday. Let's whip it. 
The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Does women's volleyball need to win tonight in the NCAA tournament to make this season a success? Yes, they really do. BYU needs to get to a Sweet 16. And I know it's modified, only 48 teams. BYU had to buy. BYU turned that by. It, exactly. And it also deals with who they're playing. BYU, Which we'll get to in a Yes. Yeah. BYU needs to win tonight to call this season ultimately a success. I think it's a success already. 16-1, and one, WCC outright champs, check. BYU does have a high standard, however, of going to the Sweet 16. What is it? Six of the last seven years, I think? Seven of the last eight. Seven of the last eight and 27 of the last 49. No, I don't, I don't And know. two Final Fours over that span. Yeah, pretty So nice. I feel like they need to win, especially, it's probably because they lost in the second round in the round 32 last year to Utah. Yeah. That's why I feel like, uh, Well, you don't in wanna, 2019. Yeah, right. It's been a minute. Right. You don't want to bow out again in the same round against Pac-12 competition. I think it's still successful, given what they've done already. Only one loss all year? Come on. That's amazing, for sure. All right, so let's stay on that theme. Would a women's volleyball win tonight over UCLA specifically provide any solace for BYU fans due to what happened in the men's basketball tournament? Um, You know, and I would add men's volleyball this weekend. Yeah, they're Um, 2-2. A little bit, but not a ton. It's, It's separate. It would provide me a little bit of solace. But you're going to tweet at UCLA. <laughs> we got you! Women's volleyball! <laughs> I just want BYU to get back to the Sweet 16, yes. and it would, be an, it would be extra sweet doing so against UCLA. Keep in mind, BYU is the number 16 overall seed. They only seed 216. UCLA was the number 17 team. So this is like the final number four seed in a men's basketball tournament against the best number five seed. And they were ranked in the last ABCA coaches poll, 14 and 15, BYU and UCLA in that order. It's about as even as it gets. You'll have to look up the Vegas line on this. Uh, Oh, wait. (laughs) When a BYU coach tweets the eyeball emoji, what is your first reaction? Who did BYU just get? Which recruit did BYU sign? And if it's not that, it's which team did BYU just schedule? It's one of those two things that go through my mind. Typically, though, yeah. if it's a coach, it's about a recruit. Yes, because they can't mention the name quite yet. So that happened with Gennaro Guilford. And if you look around, you can find out the name of the school <laughs> of said cornerback transfer. But uh, we cannot mention the, the name until it's official. Jerem, on a scale of 1 to 11, how impressive is the current 11-game win streak for BYU softball? Oh, that's amazing. It's 11. 11. Yeah. What is it? What's what's the movie? The mockumentary? Where they're like, Spinal Tap. <laughs> yes, yes. Very nice. Very nice reference. Uh, yeah, 11. What they're doing right now is awesome. Obviously, the competition is a little different than what it was before. Sure. But you and I have kind of split the games for softball the last 11. It's been really fun to watch them in person. They are really fun to watch. Four homers in the back-to-back games, man. It is so hard to win a series, let alone 11 games in a row, at Division I level of softball or baseball. Just because the game is so finicky and delicate and weird sometimes and balls take funny hops and they're just weird. So many bad things can happen. It can go bad so quickly in those games. So to win 11 in a row, yeah, this is absolutely an 11. home helps too. And it's punctuated by a three-game sweep of a nationally ranked Baylor team. This isn't just Take all lower-level competition. Eric Mateos. BYU beat a team that was 21-5 and five coming into Provo. 
all three games. And so that, to me, makes it an 11 for sure. And in case you missed it, here's all eight homers from the last two days. This one's deep. It's gone. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Crushes this one to center field. This might be it. It's gone. A walk-off home run. Hits a laser beam to center field. Fading back at the fence and gone. Towering shot to right center field. Gonzo. (laughs) Gonzo, I love that. Eight homers the last two games. Uh, BYU in Southern Utah tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. BYU's hit 40 home runs in 35 games now. That's mucho. You're averaging more than, like, not much, but you're averaging essentially a home run a game. That's really good. It's awesome, man. It's awesome, man. Okay, coming up, who's getting today's Rising Shadow? And should we rethink Zach Wilson to the Jets? This is BYU Sports News. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Free app, free app, coming at you. Get your free app. It's the BYU TV app. It's your place to watch recent and old games. If you want to watch some Zacharias Wilson, you can get your BOD fix. BYU TV app. You can also watch BYU Sports Nation on the free app. I've heard of that program. Or look, look how weird that image is. Woo! Like all those fans together celebrating. 63,000 just going absolutely bonkers. BYU beats USC. Sky Cam beating a Pac-12 team. Oh, man. BYU competing, winning. A week after they beat Tennessee. Oh, baby. A week before Washington. Okay, never mind. Yeah, let's not talk about that. (laughs) But if Tyson Williams doesn't get injured, does BYU lose to Washington? Tyson Williams! All right, Jerem. I just asked you a yes or no question, so let's play yes or no. It's one of my favorite games. Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Let's start here with an article from Doug Robinson out of the Deseret News. Okay. (laughs) And I'm paraphrasing here. Essentially asked the New York Jets not to draft Zach Wilson. (laughs) He doesn't want them to ruin another good quarterback. (laughs) Does Doug Robinson have a point? Should BYU fans be begging the New York Jets not to select Zach Wilson? No, that's no. Let's not do that. Let's not do the thing where Zach says he's not going to play for the Jets and then he's a prima donna. And no, no. I listen. Have the Jets had issues over a long period of? Yes, we've talked about it. Undoubtedly, but they're not. The Browns are kind of coming out of their thing. Raiders aren't as worse as they used to be. They're better. So there's a lot of parity in the league. Jaguars. I don't know. Like, is Mark Brunel walking through that door? Yes, they had a run a couple years ago to the uh, championship game. Um, in the AFC, but, but they've got the urban legend. He hasn't done jack squat in the NFL, so we'll see what can happen, right? Um, does he have a point? Yes, but no, let's not be done. No, if, if Zach Wilson were going to the same exact scenario that Sam Darnold just left in New York with the head coach, but they fired the head coach, they brought in a culture guy, GM, Robert yeah. Salt. Yeah, they got a new GM who's only in year two. He built a Super Bowl champion in Philadelphia three years ago. It wasn't like it was forever ago. They say they're committed to building things up around whoever the quarterback is. And we think It'd it's going to be Zach they Wilson. They weren't, but yeah. We're committed to not building around the quarterback. <laughs> now, this is not the year to be like, oh, please, New York Jets, don't draft Zach Wilson. Like, if they didn't fire the head coach, 
then maybe I'm clamoring for Zach Wilson to pull an Eli Manning in 2004 and be like, which I was don't, I don't want to go to the like Jets. A super prima donna move. You don't want to be that guy. Well, it worked out for him though. It worked out for Philip Rivers in San Diego. Yeah, like the Chargers could have been awesome. That wasn't a bad situation. Yeah. Right. Chargers have been. It's good weird. For a while. Yeah, it's weird. But no, this is not the year to do that. I like the direction the Jets are headed. Maybe next year when uh, after the game. Uh, did the Gonzaga Bulldogs losing associate head coach Tommy Lloyd to Arizona help BYU in any way? Maybe a little. I'm just shocked by this because I literally read two separate articles from the Spokane Review talking about how Tommy Lloyd is just waiting for Mark Few to retire so that he can become the next head coach of Gonzaga. Again, nothing's permanent. Like, that was discussed. It was determined. It was in his contract. Con- contracts can be But then the, go secure the bag at yeah, Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still think when Mark Few retires, Tommy Lloyd's going to go to Gonzaga and be the next head coach there. Dude, well, Arizona's probably a better-paying gig with a oh, is it? fight. Is it? How much money is Gonzaga paying Mark Few? Like, a lot, I would assume. I would think the Arizona's head coach would make more than Gonzaga's. We'll see. Um, but I think, but, it, I mean, he's he is one of the major recruiting boons in Gonzaga basketball. And yes. so this helps a little bit. Sure. I still think Gonzaga's going to be, be amazing top 10 because program, they're amazing. If not top five, right? Yeah. Uh, every year Nick Saban loses his OC. They're fine. Every year. And they're fine. So I, I think that Gonzaga's going to but continue he, upward and onward. He, he, is, he is part of the pipeline. He is part of the international pipeline, though. Like, Tommy Lloyd does all of the international recruiting for Gonzaga. I would hope Mark has a few of those phone numbers in his uh, digital Rolodex. Or does Tommy not give them to him and say, no, I'm taking those with me to Arizona? Well, that's why Mark probably already has them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, he's probably not aloof. Yeah. Guessing. Maybe a little. Not that much. It helps a little. Right. Yeah, does it mean BYU's going to win the West Coast Conference now? No. <laughs> They're cutting down the nets in Vegas, baby. Random, I have a piece of Gonzaga net. Yep. A couple years We're ago. waiting for BYU to win a conference. That was just, it was just sitting there in Vegas, so I just took it. Yep. It was like in, it was just, it was in, the, it was just it was in the hoop. It was in the hoop. It was just in the hoop. They were all gone. They'd, all, they'd cut down most of the net, but they left a little but piece But I will of the net. tell you something I stole from Nancy Eternal all the time. There was, there was just a sign on the door. It said, quiet, please, interviews uh-huh. progress. It's right there. Yep. It's on the set. It's right there. It's on the set right behind us. Yeah. Just straight up stole it. Jimmer's <laughs> junior year. Just walked out with it. Quiet, please, interview in progress. Yep. <laughs> stole it. Straight Should stole it. Should you steal signs come, from the NCAA? Come, come yes at me. or no. Come at me. All good. The NCAA has been stealing a lot more than that for a long time. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite edition of Yes or No ever. Does Jerem steal? Yes. <laughs> Coming up, would BYU compete in the Pac-12? More of your response. And a rise and shout-out to one of our all-time favorite professional baseball players. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. I did not steal that. That is was legally acquired. Uh, you can also download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. I mean, what are they going to do with the sign? They're probably just going to throw it away when they're done with it, right? Yeah. I figured I did them a favor. Exactly. Let's yeah. justify it that way. Yeah. Quiet, please. Interview is probably Our question of the day. If BYU were to play in the Pac-12 conference, in football specifically, based on Jim Morrow's comments, yeah. would they, quote-unquote, compete? Now, it's pretty, this is a pretty gray uh, term here. I, I think we all think BYU would compete, right? So we sort of 
advanced our dialogue in it um, to, yeah, would they let, win a division at some point? Have, have a consistently over 500 or better record in conference as well was discussed. I think it'd be like 4-5, and 5-4 five, five and four is kind of where BYU would probably be. And that's above the 40% number. It is. So yeah. we're assuming that BYU would be a little bit better based on better recruiting of some guys that want to play in a power fight. Like, BYU would get some players that want to play in the Pac-12. Like, this is what Utah's yes. done, frankly. Yes. But with, you know, some guys aren't a great fit with the honor code or whatever. Like, um, and, and then academically, can you get into that school or not, right? Like, um, there are some players at Utah that want to, wanted to play at UCLA and USC or from Southern California, but didn't get recruited. But they can play at Utah and play against, um, you know, the Pac-12 competition. Like, that's to their benefit. They're taking advantage of that. I would hope BYU could do something like that. All right. Uh, at BYU Uniforms says, absolutely, Pac-12 is, is extremely comparable to the Mountain West Conference. By the way, this is our elite Ex- voice of the day. Excuse me? Presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Pac-12 is extremely comparable to the Mountain West Conference. It's got their own Boise, Oregon, with an occasional challenge from, like, a Nevada, Reno, USC. <laughs> Or even San Diego State, Utah. Oh my God. The rest of the Pac-12 is just a bunch of garbage, <laughs> much like the Mountain West. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. It's wow. Not. It is not like that the is. Mountain West. Get out of here. It's way better. Granted, he, I am he, somewhat like, I grew up like in the Pac-10, you know, before I moved to Utah. Like, I love the Pac-10. Pac-12 has been like a different brand, but anyway. The elite tweet of the day. Yeah, today's yeah, elite. <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, <laughs> guiding you forward. Back in 1947, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier with the Brooklyn Dodgers on this date. Amazing, amazing company. That is so cool. I love looking back. I love, I love this day every year. UCLA Bruin, buddy. Yeah, I, I don't like that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Zach Wilson. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time, homie. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Nick Sanderson. We'll see you tonight for BYU Softball, 7 Eastern 5 Mountain as they go for 12 straight. Go Cougs. Go Vikings!